Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Yesterday, of course, everybody got the news that, of course, uh, we could be going to level five restrictions. And this was leaked yesterday evening. This, by the way, wasn't another decision by the government. Nefford themselves said on Thursday uh, they had concerns about even going to level three in certain counties that it would be unnecessary. Now, all of a sudden, there's a recommendation to go to level five. And even Luke O'Neill says, I don't see the signs to back this up. Um, well, also, one person who doesn't see the signs to back this up and believes that these are disproportionate measures is TD Michael McNamara, who is also the chairperson of the special uh, Oireachtas COVID committee. Good afternoon to you, Michael. Uh, good afternoon, Al. Thanks a million for having me on again. But can I just say, it's not that I don't believe it. I haven't seen the figures. I haven't seen the signs. Okay. I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm open to being persuaded, but I do think NEFIT need to explain to the government, but also to the people of Ireland, what exactly this recommendation is based on. And just with regard to your earlier comment, this leaked, I mean, this just didn't slip out. I mean, this was clearly orchestrated. I mean, there were sort of TV cameras assembled outside the Department of Health. Mm-hmm. Uh, this wasn't some sort of... It almost... Uh, you know what it reminds me of, Michael? You know when you see a government before a budget, they'll fly a few kites just to see how things go down. And, and that, I got a sense of that last night, that it was, let's just throw this out there, see what the reaction is. And maybe the government are going to come back today when they have their meeting and say, well, actually, no, I'll tell you what, we're on your side. We're only going to go to a level four. So it won't seem so bad. Is there some sort of psychological aspect to this? I mean, I don't know. In fairness to the government, I don't think this it was the government uh, flying kites. There may be a degree of flight of kites flying, but I don't think it was the government. I mean, we had a, a senior government minister, the leader of one of the parties in government, on the television uh, over the weekend talking about, uh, you know, maintaining additional levels, or existing levels, and even uh, areas moving back a level. So I, I don't think mm-hmm. that this was expected, but I don't know. I'm not in government. Okay, but ju- uh, just for people who don't know, of course, level five is more or less what we had level five during is the, the, we're at. It's a yeah, complete lockdown. Of course, it's, with it's the exception the, of the schools. Uh, and the, and yes. the pubs can open for takeaways, uh, which we seems we've got our priorities right. I, I don't think that's possible. No, I don't. Think so. No, no. Okay, um, but I mean, I, I, you believe this is disproportionate. When, when you say disproportionate, I don't, I'm sorry, I didn't say. I, I, I remain to be persuaded. I haven't seen. I mean, I think okay. it needs to be very important that the measures we take are necessary and that they are proportionate. I, I'm not saying it's disproportionate. I'm saying that I haven't seen any information to suggest okay. yet that it is proportionate. Now I know uh, Mary. I know Mary Lou has spoken out today as well, and she believes obviously she wants to see the science too behind this just like yourself and Luke O'Neill and everybody else and they talk about the disproportionality because and I don't want to make this into a public private sector argument right but there is a disproportionality when it comes to the public and private sector because the The private sector are being decimated by this Uh, yeah I mean I I made that point um, you know at the end of the day politicians I'm a politician for the moment I mean I wasn't a politician uh, a couple of months ago I may not be a politician after the next election I don't know politicians for the moment civil servants all members of NEFET um, are not affected ultimately by these decisions in terms of they're not economically affected. Mm-hmm. I mean, of, of course, it has a huge effect on everybody's psyche and how we, how we interact with other people, but they're not affected financially by this. They know that they'll be able to pay their mortgages, they'll be able to pay um, their bills as they come in. But then there are others in the private sector who simply don't know that they'll be able to earn a livelihood in a week or a month's time. And I think if it is kite flying by anybody, I think it's exceptionally unhelpful. It also has a profound effect on people's, uh, I think, psyche and mental health, and that does need to be taken into account as well. I mean, when we throw out information like this, by by the way, just just to mention, in relation to, depending on what decision the government decide to make today, 
this kind of, if we want to call it kite flying or these kind of leaks or these kind of announcements by Neffet, they don't do the economy any good because what happens is ideally, and let me just give you a radio situation, for example, when you have a situation where a hotel might have an advertising campaign for radio, you know, and all of a sudden there's a, a kind of leak that their, their county might close down or the country might close down, they get cancellations. In turn, they cancel their advertising. It has a massive knockdown effect to the economy. Uh, and we've seen that with some of the, uh, you know, the cinemas now saying they're closing. I, I, I know the cine world has said they're closing. A view look like they may not be reopening again or they may not be reopening in the future. I heard the spokesperson of the head of view on yesterday uh, on TV. So a lot of jobs are going to be permanently affected by this. Um, Is this proportionate in your mind? And I know you don't want to come back to the word disproportionate. But generally speaking, when we look at the amount of cases, and there has been arguments in relation to the false positives in cases. I know you brought this up. In fairness to you, Michael, you've asked a lot of the right questions during the Special COVID Committee. And I think you have to be applauded for that because very few people are actually asking those questions. But we talked about the false positives. We talked about the fact that, as you put it, if somebody falls off a roof and happens to be COVID positive, they go down as a COVID death. We're seeing an increase in cases, but not possibly an increase in mortality, too much, to be, to be honest with you. So, well, we're uh, certainly not seeing um, uh, the same increase in, in deaths or even in hospitalizations. Obviously, they're rising. That's a worry. We're not seeing anything like the same levels as we were in March. As regards proportionality, if you're to determine whether something is proportionate, you have to look at what it is that you seek to achieve by the measures and is there another way to achieve those measures now what I fundamentally don't understand is what it is we seek to achieve by a lockdown because if we're if it's a bit like if it's just a matter of pressing the pause button well then aren't we we lock down uh, with all of the, uh, the the ill effects that that will have across uh, the population and not just in terms of the economy, in terms of society, in terms of health, in terms of people not, not presenting in hospitals uh, with, with stroke, with heart disease, uh, with heart attacks, which happened the last time there was a lockdown, in terms of all of that. And then we lower the transmission rate and then we open up again and the cycle starts again. I mean, I don't see what we achieve by that uh, in any event. Mm-hmm. But obviously we need to ensure that, the, that if the virus is spreading, which it, it is, unfortunately, uh, that that's what happens. With viruses, they, they spread through the population. I mean, I don't know of any country that has successfully eliminated it. It doesn't New Zealand, New Zealand tried. They certainly have a much lower level of transmission than we do, but they didn't eliminate it. And they have a much lower level of transmission because it's an entirely different... But country. you know what, Michael? Zealand, somebody somebody described New Zealand to me the other day. Somebody described New Zealand to me the other day. It was actually a doctor. And he spoke to me about New Zealand and Australia. And of course, they don't have land borders, which helps as well. No. Uh, but he spoke to me and he said... They're like the bowl kids in the class who won't get immunised against measles in the hope that everybody else will. And he said, that's what New Zealand and Australia remind me of. He said, because if a vaccine doesn't come along uh, for this particular, and it may not, or it may be, you know, years in the future, he said, they're going to be stuck in a situation where they can't be allowing tourists in willy-nilly as we would. They'll have to go into hotels for 14 days and, they, and they'll be constantly watching cases. Um, well, but, and they've had, this, I mean, New Zealand has seen the sharpest... Um, uh, drop in its economic figures ever in the past couple of months. And they're not, of course, as you pointed out, New Zealand and Australia, they're one and a half thousand miles away from their, well, New Zealand is one and a half thousand miles away from its nearest neighbour. Uh, uh, Australia is considerably closer to Indonesia, but it doesn't have an open land border with Indonesia, nor is it part of a, 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 an economic social and political union with Indonesia as we are with the European Union. We have a large number of people from 
many European Union countries living and working in Ireland who are, some of whom are also Irish citizens, but they're part of our society, they're part of our mm-hmm. economy, and they want to travel over and back to their countries. And that's what the European Union was about. I mean, you know, I don't think that the comparisons with New Zealand and Australia hold up. I mean, we, their countries, we think we know well because our, our students typically at the end of college often go to New Zealand and Australia for a year, have a great time, they speak English, they come back. Uh, but they're very different countries in many other respects. But, you know, going back to what it is we hope to achieve, I mean... What well, you tried to we get that answer to, to Stephen Donnelly and Neffet on many occasions during the Rochester COVID Committee, the strategy, this kind of strategy of waking up every morning and making decisions doesn't work, clearly. Um, and they come off, of course, with a levels plan or the plans, you know, with the, with the levels in it. That doesn't seem to be working either because we're at 2.5s and 3.5s. And if I could draw your attention to the fact that what we seem to be doing is going back to flattening the curve again. That seems to be what we're being told, that this has nothing to do with trying to have a zero COVID-free island, but it's trying to make sure that our health system doesn't become overcome. And we've had that for 30 years. So essentially what's happening now, and I want to cast your mind back to say, I have an article here from January 16th in the Irish Examiner. And I'm just going to read out a short bit of it. There have been 44 deaths so far this year from the season from the flu, according to the HSE. Last week, 609 people were admitted with the flu, bringing the season total to 2,707 admitted to hospital. Most of those were over the age of 65. There were 94 people admitted to intensive care in the last week, and 60% are over the age of 65. So in other words, in January, and every single year we have a problem with, with ICU we have a problem with admissions to hospital we talk about it every year last year Leo Varadkar turned around and begged nurses not to go on holidays for Christmas you may remember but at no stage did we ever recommend closing the country down to protect the healthcare system we blamed the government and said get your act together lads now it seems to be just too easy for them to say well let's just lock everything else down until we get that right where it's a failing healthcare system and it's just, we've just drawn attention to it yeah, and I mean, you know, Neffet have made a series of recommendations um, in respect of what ordinary people should do uh, and how they should curtail their lives. And ordinary people have done what has been asked of them. By and large, OK, there have been exceptions. By and large, the Irish population have done what has been asked of them. They've made the sacrifices that were asked of them. What I would like to know is what recommendations Neffet made in regard of our health service and improving it because most of NEFID, not all of them, but most of them either work in the Department of Health or the HSE, so they're intimately aware of both the, the, the strengths and weaknesses of our healthcare system. And what, like we're six months down the, the, the road now, what was done to improve the capacity of our healthcare system because it cannot all fall on citizens to modify their behaviour. All of the burden of this can't fall on ordinary citizens. Surely some of it has to fall on the healthcare system because we know that COVID-19 is among us. It's a concern. It's a, I, I'm not for a moment saying that it's not a concern for me and, and that I'm not concerned that it's spreading. It is, but we need to prepare for this because we locked down in March and it seems to me we're almost in the, we have almost the same capacity. We're almost in the same situation now of being asked to lock down and modify our behaviour to protect the health system which has done little or nothing to help itself and little or nothing to gear up capacity. Now I'm not saying whose fault that is but if that is the case then I think that is a problem that needs urgently to be addressed. We are we are focusing a lot on cases at the moment and you brought this up of course in the Oireachtas Committee and you asked about the amount of cycles when you were told actually they didn't know but mind you Killian de Gaskin did point out we were within 35 to 45 cycles which some uh, experts would say are too sensitive and we're getting a lot of false positives. Um, do you believe we're focusing too much on cases and that Leo Varadkar himself pointed out, I think on Friday on Twitter, he said we need to focus more so on hospital admissions and mortality. 
Is that what we need to be focusing on and not cases? Because realistically, cases just means it's being spread among the community and we knew that was going to happen and that's just the way a virus works. I mean, I do think that, I mean, ultimately, you know, even if there wasn't an issue around the sensitivity of the testing, even if testing wasn't uh, showing up as positive people who, who may have had the virus several weeks or even months ago and are no longer infectious, um, at the end of the day, it, it, detected cases are, 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 are by necessity a proportion of those who are tested. I mean, at the end of the day, hospitalizations are a bigger issue. And, of course, deaths are the ultimate um, uh, measure. But, I mean, even with regard to hospitalizations and deaths, I mean, if uh, a perfectly healthy, uh, say, of the many hurling and football matches that were played around mm. the country yesterday, if a, a, a hurler or footballer what was to break their leg and be taken to hospital uh, and test positive. Positive for COVID. Uh, but positive for COVID, they would be somebody who was hospitalised with COVID. But I mean, I'm not saying that that wouldn't pose well, a problem. Well, no, no, no you're, 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 you are right because I spoke to this doctor and he told me exactly the same thing. And to give you an example, but, for example, he had I mean, somebody in for dialysis to, once a week. We have to be, equally, we have to be clear, though, that that person would have to be segregated from the rest. And that is a burden on the healthcare system to have to segregate people. Because it's but, it is, but it is, when you say <coughs> that we, our, that our, that our hospital cases have increased, and this doctor told me that what has happened now, he said, is we have ramped up testing. We have 93,000 tests in the space, space of seven days. is a record number of tests. Of course, so we're going to see an increased number of cases, obviously. Uh, but we've also ramped up testing in hospitals. And he said, for example, he said, if I have somebody in with a broken leg, as you rightly said, or he said, we have, for example, there was a woman in the other day for dialysis. She had a positive test, but she still had to get her dialysis. She's counted as a COVID hospital admission. Now, we've asked the HSE, we asked them, we sent them an email last week, could they break it down for us? And they said they couldn't. So, I, you know, I, I feel that well, maybe I these figures are not what they should be. Well, I mean, I think that's why we need to see Neffet explain the basis upon which they've made this recommendation and what it is they hope that this that going into level five would achieve in the long term. Because, I mean, there has to be, uh, the, the data has to be robust. And, I mean, there are weaknesses in the data big, in, in every country in the world, um, including, I think, ours. Uh, there are many strengths in the data and a lot has been done. But, you know, all of these things need to be continually explained and open to questioning. Because there was a suggestion by one of the members of, of, of NESA that anybody who was asking questions uh, was doing so to undermine the, 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 the health policy. I mean, I have legitimate questions which I have asked. I ask them because they are questions that ordinary people are asking me. I don't seek to undermine the health policy in any way. I, I, I am as concerned as anybody else about this and about our health system and ensuring that people are protected. But I do, and I think I'm entitled to do, is to ask questions whether this is the way to do it. Well, listen, thank you very much indeed. I appreciate you coming on the air. And I appreciate, by the way, your work you did You joined the COVID committee. It was excellent. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much. Thanks. Uh, Michael McNamara, TD. All right, I want to get your thoughts on this today. Um, I want to know what you think. I mean, by the way, in case you're not sure what Level 5 is all about, Neffet have recommended Level 5. Uh, The government are meeting today to give us the information on that. Social gatherings, you can't have any visitors. Uh, transport, you can't go beyond five kilometres, cocooning over people's, people over 70, pubs, hotels, um, retail, um, well, non-essential retail will have to close down, weddings and funeral, maximum of 10 people at a funeral. <coughs> oh, pardon me. Need a drink. Maximum of six people can attend a wedding um, with some of the restrictions. Sport, there will be no matches, no training, no exercise, no spectators, none of that. Basically, it's back to where we were back in April with the exception, with the exception, of course, of the schools. Uh, just to mention as well, I've just been told, Luke O'Neill did not say that he doesn't uh, see the science behind this. He said he wants to see the science. Uh, please correct your statement. Yeah, okay?
I did. There you go. But uh, Luke, no, I heard this morning on the radio. and said he said you know he wants to see the science to back up a decision like this because a decision like this is quite serious uh, to lock down the whole country. Let me know what you think. Uh, the number is 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. And the question I want to simply ask you is, um, do you support, if the government decide today to put the country back into lockdown, full lockdown again with 5K restrictions, which would what level 5 is, do you support it? In relation to the teachers, somebody mentioned the teachers, of course, are saying that it's unfair on them. They're being forgotten about that if everybody goes into lockdown, they still have to work. That's a bit unfair. That's what the unions are saying. I don't see the argument because I just heard, I think it was a member of the ASTI or somebody on the news saying, well, if everybody else and everybody else has gone into lockdown and staying at home, why can't teachers? And I said, well, everybody else doesn't because essential workers still have to work. People still work in supermarkets and shops and haulage, the guard of Shea Khan and the nurses, the doctors. All essential services still work. I was working during the last lockdown. So essential services still work during lockdowns. That's why teachers are still in work because education is an essential service. I'm sorry, teachers. Stop moaning and moaning about it. Uh, let me know what you think. Uh, the number is 087-188-0008. You can WhatsApp or text us. We want to get your opinion. Do you support another lockdown? Yes, you do, if it's the right thing to do uh, for public health. Or no, absolutely not. I do not support it. Let me know what you think. The number is 087-188-0008. Let's take a little poll during the break. Do you support it? Yes, you do, or no, you don't. John, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, John? Good afternoon. You essential worker, you? I'm essential <laughs> work. Yeah, so I'm told. Well, you are, of course. You're keeping the show on the road. Yeah, well, Um, I'll be here. Don't worry. Lockdown or no lockdown, I'll be here. Well, do I support this? No. And I think a lot of people out there won't support it. We cannot allow this economy to go back to the way it was. The country's too small now, right? I mean, there's no way the people will tolerate it. Businesses will close. They would never open again. A lot of businesses that have closed won't open anywhere. There will be thousands out of work. And the problem is this time... Going back like, to the 80s in the recession, you could go across the water, you could go to escape to America, Canada, Australia. But it's the same everywhere now. You won't be allowed in. And the unemployment is the same in these places. There's over 2 million in America, right? And everyone will be stuck here. And the depression will go through the roof, as I said. There's no hope. Why isn't Michal Martin out this morning there now? I know they're having a meeting in the cabinet now, like they said, this thing was leaked. Was it leaked purposely or what? We don't know. But... Where is the bloody leadership? There was a man that is very sick at the moment. Donald Trump is his name. He's the president of the United States of America. And he came out in the car and you could say, was it a stunt? Was it whatever? No. The very fact is that if the president of America is seen to be in trouble physically, that his health is in danger, it affects the stock exchange. It affects America's place in the world as a nation and as a poor mm-hmm. place. That's why he'd done it. He's also doing it because he wants to get another four years in the White House. Well, I don't think he... he fa- I don't, are you suggesting he faked his illness? No, 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 but some people are saying that. No, I don't believe I mean, that for a minute. I think he was genuinely COVID positive. Well, I, I, I think he had very mild symptoms. I think he's fine, to be honest with you. For anybody... Yeah. And by the way, what was disgusting over the weekend, can I say, John, no matter what way you politically lean, it was disgusting to see some of the, the comments and some of the stuff on social media, people wishing he died. I thought yeah, that was that, yeah. vile. There was a, somebody I sent mean, me a photograph of like Hillary Clinton and Obama and a few others standing around his coffin with him in it. And I thought, are people sick? 
Well, they are sick because anyone that would wish it, that, that on anyone, but look, that will tell you the mentality of But yeah, he, was, he, he got a cocktail of medication there over the weekend. Uh, yeah. Obviously, we'd have the best doctors in the world dealing with him as well. A, a cocktail of medication. He's over 70. He's obviously got a heart condition as well because he takes um, statins as well and he has, he's obese. So he's in a high-risk category, but he's fine. I believe he's fine. He had very mild symptoms and he's actually okay. And I don't think it, there's going to be a problem. As I said, look, he actually showed leadership to me by actually appearing out there, right? Because mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's what leadership is about, because he wants to show the world that the president of America is still alive and well. But we're getting no leadership here. We cannot, as Michael McNamara said there, fair use to him, you cannot go into a cycle of opening up, locking down, opening up, locking down. Well, it's not going to achieve anything. All it does is delay the inevitable. Okay, so we go along with it, sir. We, we, we'll, we'll close down tomorrow, right? This, we're just into October now, right? We'll finish after this year now, right? The three months that are left. And we'll, total, we'll go for total lockdown. And what happens when we open up again? And when does it, uh, it's that spiking... We will, this is going to have to be a very careful decision because if the government decide today to put everybody in level five lockdown, which is the suggestion from Neffet, uh, it will decimate the private sector. It'll decimate business, restaurants, bars, hotels, cinemas, uh, generally private business in general, will be, uh, private shops, retail. Retail are already decimated because people have... There's a culture of buying online over the last six months, which they're trying to reverse... It will, business will be decimated. The, I mean, don't get me wrong. I believe if Neffet and the government were living on 350 euro of a COVID payment, I don't think they'd be making these decisions. So, I mean, th- this is a public-private sector thing without a shadow of a doubt because the private sector are disproportionately affected by lockdowns. Yeah, and the panic is already starting. Here in Cork this morning, like, I mean, you can't get into to Smith stores for the ties. Then stores, are, are, the, the queues are starting to form. They're already the panic. We're back to the Tyler Road situation again. Well, well, that's because they just throw this out on a Sunday night. And I spoke to people uh, today who said they couldn't sleep last night. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, the mental health of the country like, I mean, is in serious jeopardy. Like, okay, well, well, hang on. We'll stay there for a second because, Paul, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Paul? Hi, Nan. How are you doing? You, you support us. I do. Okay, and give me, can you give me a good reason why? I mean, I don't, we haven't seen the science yet to back up such a decision, but hey, whatever, we wait well, for the Well, I put it like this, yeah, um, Niall, I trust the medical experts. If I have a, problem, a medical problem in the morning, I go to my GP. Absolutely. I trust what he tells me. If but I but Paul, a, Paul, I, there's I, different I, medical I, experts in the world with different views, so you know what I mean? I think they're more or less all on the one. On the one no, they're not. A lot, most no, of them are. No, no, no. no yeah. Okay. You, get, you get those. Few renegades, you know, you'll always get that. So, so anybody who disagrees is a renegade. No, okay, no, I, did, I, I didn't say that. I didn't. I said some. I, did, I, I didn't say that. Okay, but but, but I mean, but, but the damage that it, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. We're all for saving lives, and everybody's life. Everybody's life is important. Okay, within reason. There's when I say within reason, there's trade-offs in life. We you know we do things in life that we know are a risk to, to our own mortality, of course, of course. and, and yeah. we have freedom to do those things. Like for example, yeah. smoking and drinking and jumping out of planes with parachutes and all sort and driving yeah. cars. All these things are a trade-off. They risk, you know, life. Um, when, it, when it comes to COVID-19, the mortality rate, thankfully, is very low at the moment. Yeah, Case true. numbers are high, but that's mortality true. is low. And yeah. a lot of the people that are dying, and I'm not saying anybody's life is worth less, but they are people who are at end of life. Yeah, I agree okay, that. that would be fair to say, uh, without oh, yeah. being disrespectful to those people and their families. Yeah. So is it is it right to lock down a country put people, people's livelihoods in jeopardy, which would in turn causes despair, poverty, yeah. possibly suicide, and, and affects people's lifestyles. I mean, quality of life is important too, is it not, Paul? Of course. And what happens if you don't? 
The numbers are rising, uh, Niall. The numbers of cases are rising. The number of hospital admissions are rising. The number of ICU are rising. And you know yourself that our capacity, our health service capacity, is not great. So what happens when it's overwhelmed? What happens then? But is that everybody else's fault? I mean, we've been dealing with this for 30 no, years, no, Paul. 30 asking, years. I, I'm just asking the question, what happened? No, we haven't been dealing with this, now. No, but what I'm, what I'm saying to you is we had a health service that uh, particularly, say, 2017, 2018, right? It was a mess. And I mean what? a mess. We had the worst flu season we'd had in 10 years. People were dying. People were in ICU. People were in hospital. People were in corridors. We had poor women on the air who were sitting for 24 hours in A&E. So at that time, the government were to blame. Get your act together, lads. You know, it's not about money. It's about administration. We need a better healthcare system. But at no point did we turn around to the population and say, this is your fault. You all need to stop seeing each other. We, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't have got away with that. No, no, I wouldn't. But this is different. This is on top of everything else. So this COVID thing is on top of everything else, you know. And it's adding to the problem. And we don't have the capacity. So if the numbers start rising, where are they going to go? Well, I mean, I I would agree with that. If this was November, Paul, and we had what we normally have for the flu season, which is, you know, hundreds of people in hospital and hundreds in ICU, and we have this on top of it as well, and they were bursting at the seams, I might agree with you. But we're not at that point. But we will be at that point. So we have have to... We're predicting we're at that point. We have to take action now. We're getting to that point. Okay, John, go ahead. Well, look, look, the thing is, we we should have more... ICU beds than we have anywhere. Well, I mean, they've been saying now, that for months. But we yeah. have, I mean, yeah, we, well, were, yeah. we should have had them for years. But what, what policy to be missing? They're like, the, the, the patient in the room here, to me, like, it's the patient's name is Ireland, the country Ireland. And we are in serious trouble that the patient called Ireland will die on its bloody feast. We cannot destroy this economy again because it will kill people. Already people that I know in this town are waiting for... Uh, different types of... Well, there's over a million people waiting on a hospital appointment. Yeah. A million people. That's how long the backlog is now at this stage. And, and so, of the so John, John, do we just carry on as we are? But, but Paul, you have to have a balance. And the balance is, is that people... I mean, we can't quantify the amount of lives that will be lost between uh, no early diagnosis of cancer, people not getting to see their doctors, people maybe afraid to go to a doctor, afraid to leave their house, elderly people cocooning uh, during that four-month period where they didn't go and see a doctor whose lives may be shortened by this. So in saying that, you have to balance things out. We can't just lock down the country and have people with no jobs and no money. Well, I don't know what the alternative is then, to carry on the way we're going and get overwhelmed. Where do we go then? But, okay, but it's okay. Let, let, let me work with you, Paul, on this, right? So let's say, you know, they turn around today and they say level five. And you're right to some degree, right? We have to stop. By, by the way, I don't think they're going to say that. Oh, well, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what they're going to do. We'll find out later on today. But let's say they do, right? Okay, so let's say we lock down for four weeks, five weeks, right? And we get the case numbers down, although I'm not too fond of case numbers because I do believe there's a huge margin of error there. But anyway, let's say we get the case numbers down to zero, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the hospital admissions are, there's only about 10 people in hospital, right? What do we do then? Uh, only 10 people in hospital? Yeah, let's, let, let's say we get it down to zero cases and only 10 people in hospital. So, wh- so what do we do then? Do we open back up again then, Paul? Well, that's what we did the last time and hopefully the people will, will, will uh, 
will uh, ad- adhere to the guidelines, which but, are not. But that's not going to happen. But that's not going to happen. That's uh, but not everybody will adhere to guidelines. That's the reason where we are, where we are. No, but hang on, Paul. With the greatest respect, we're human beings. We're not perfect, so everybody won't adhere to the guidelines. Eighty-five percent might. Fifteen percent probably won't. They'll have a party, particularly young people. They go out and do what young people do. So let's be honest. So then, all of a sudden, the case numbers start rising again because one or two people will get loose with COVID-19. We're back up to two or three hundred cases within about three or four weeks. We lock down again? So do we just keep doing this? Is that well, what? We just have to hope that that wouldn't happen and we get a vaccine. But we know it'll happen. Well, hopefully it won't. Hopefully people might have learned at this stage. No, I, don't, I, think that's a, I think that's a bit of a fantasy idea, to be honest with you. But, Paul, I, I would like to think you were right. I'd, think... love to, I'd love to stay out with you, but I have to pick up my granddaughter. <laughs> All right, OK. Take care of yourself. All oh. right, thanks, Paul. Let me go to Dave as well. Dave, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Dave? Good morning, Noel. How are you? Dave, uh, do you support Lunatics. us? The lunatics have taken over the asylum now. Well, it does kind of seem that way, doesn't it? All right, yeah. The lunatics have taken over the asylum. I was saying to a researcher there on the phone, look, if we go back in time into medieval times when you had the Black Death and the bubonic plague and came in on the back of rats and black flies, they, they, they discovered to their amazement that it was being carried in on rats and ships. So the geniuses decided back then, uh, who, who seemed to have a bit more intelli- intelligence uh, between their ears, to stop the ships docking in the harbours that had these black rats with black fleas or whatever the hell they were. Now, we, on the other hand, are an oil nation. We can lock ourselves down to a certain extent. We've done that for nearly three months. We've barricaded ourselves away in our homes, locked our elderly people in the homes. I my parents locked away cocooning. We have everybody doing that. And what do they do? Due to pressure put on them by airline companies, Ryanair, and these are the Muppets, they opened up bridges. But they're not, yeah, but now be fair, Dave. They're not other Muppets. These are people with businesses who employ thousands and thousands of people in aviation and in tourism. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, and, and Neffid have already said in relation mm. to tourists coming into the country, the amount of tourists that are coming into the country that they believe through contact tracing who have spread the virus is minimal. It's actually the biggest problem in this country is people just living in their homes with their mates calling over for dinner. There's where the spread is or communions and confirmations okay. so, or... So, so just- but then the, the spread is not coming from people coming in on planes. That's not where it's coming from. Well, that's, well, if you go back to Wuhan, when it started, mm-hmm. it didn't transmit from Wuhan to Europe on camels. It came in on the back Absolutely. of planes. Absolutely. Absolutely. The Brits sent over six planes to, get, to, to repatriate the people from Wuhan into Britain, for God's sake. We sent ships over to bring the bubonic plague back into Europe. It, it's just, it's it beggar's belief. I have a business in tourism. I've been in tourism for 30 years. Mine is dead, and it doesn't look like it's going to come back anytime soon. Well, then why would you, well, then why would you want to stop tourism if you're in tourism or involved in tourism? I'm not trying to stop tourism. I'm trying to stop a, a, a pandemic. But the people, the so-called people in these these method and all these and government officials, for Christ's sake, are sitting back and going. Yeah, let's just lock down Kildare. I mean, give me a break. What but you don't have to be a scientist, Dave, or the best scientist in the world to work out that you can't stop a pandemic. We have never been able to stop a pandemic no. in the history of mankind. Pandemics have to run their course. That's exactly. the way they work. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and unfortunately, you know, nobody's willing to take that chance in this country or other countries. Well, yeah, yeah. so, well, well, some countries have already. I mean, the likes of Sweden, for example, we're doing things differently uh, to yeah. Ireland. OK, and, but the point is, you, we, we're part of Europe. We're not Ireland anymore. We're not Australia or New Zealand. We share well, a land border yeah. with Northern Ireland, for God's sake. So, mm-hmm. I mean, 
we can't if we turned around tomorrow and said right let's close the ports let's close Dublin airport let's close the docks firstly we have to let haulage people bring in we don't, we don't, we don't have to close the ports and the airport All I'm, what I'm saying is it's a, a little bit of a reality check for people during the height of the pandemic I monitored coming into the country roughly about 4 to 5 to 6 planes a day yeah but there's only 5% 5% of what was coming in before oh I mean, minuscule Two months of that. Yeah, so why don't we why don't we just test everybody coming in? Because I don't think it's going to work. Because as long as you're sending planes over the countries that have a pandemic and a, a flu and everything else that's going on, yeah, well, why not? Why not just te- why not have they have antigen tests now for COVID nineteen that'll do it in five minutes? Why not have everybody who comes in, particularly from a high risk country, or anybody who comes in with a temperature, and just test them? At the end of the day, it's a type of flu. So, what well, are you well, going to do in the flu season? Is everybody going to be... Well, it's not a type. It's a type of coronavirus, which is like a cold more so than a flu. But COVID-19. Okay. It's COVID-18, 17, 16, 15. There was no COVID-15 or 16. Simon Harris kind of double over that already. <laughs> this is the first COVID. COVID. Yeah. Go on. Yeah, it's just a flu virus. Yeah, well, it's a virus. Yes, it is absolutely a coro- It's actually a coronavirus, okay, which is slightly different to the flu, but the same, very similar symptoms. Uh, but the point well, is, the why, so why not just test everybody coming into the airport? And then we could we, we could open up the ports again, so to speak, and we could allow tourism into the country. Not necessarily, because you're, you're bringing people in from countries where they have rampant COVID. Look at Madrid, Spain. It's yeah, absolutely. So that's what I'm saying. Why not test them coming into the airport? And then we know if they have it. If they have it, we send them back home. Because it takes two weeks for it to raise its head, seven days. No, it doesn't, it doesn't take two weeks for it to show up in a test. It doesn't take two well, weeks. They reckon right. it, takes, it takes about a day and a half to two days to show up in a test. To show up on the test, but I mean, it takes a week for it to show up in, in the system, doesn't it? No, they can, they can, you can show up on a test within one and a half to two days. One and a half to two days. Yeah. So you that's what I heard this morning on the radio. Yeah, because it's we've been led to believe. Anyway, I've been told. Listen to this. No, your symptoms. You're t- you're talking about symptoms themselves. It, it can take up to five to seven days for symptoms to show. So yeah. Why did the geniuses, the powers of being, turn around and say, "Okay, we're still having fourteen days quarantine test everybody," and we know the day and a half you don't have to quarantine for fourteen days? Yeah, but why did you bring that in? That's that's my. I've been saying this for months, but nobody's listened to me, Dave. Okay, yeah. we're getting back to the lockdown, Dave. I mean, do you believe it's worth a try? Another lockdown? No, I, I, I honestly, I only at this stage of the game. Uh, I don't honestly think it's going to make any difference because if you lock us all down again, and in three months' time they're going to adopt the same policy and and and. Uh, yeah, open up and then close down, open up. You can't keep doing that. And I get the point, and everybody has kind of said a very similar thing. Uh, so far, by the way, thank you, Dave, for that. Uh, lots of people texting in. I hope your business gets better, by the way, your tourism business, whatever you happen to be involved in. Uh, I'm looking at our text poll that we started earlier on, and it seems that the majority of people, when I say majority, the overwhelming majority, over 74% are saying no, they don't support another lockdown. We put up on Twitter, actually, surprisingly enough, uh, last night, and we have so far 7,000 votes on it. 7,000 votes. The question we asked on Twitter, do you have faith in Neffet and their decisions and the recommendations to lock down the whole country to level five again? 7,000 to over 7,000 votes. And 69% said no. 31% said yes. Actually, the first comment underneath it says, no, I bet the 31% probably work for the government. You mean they're in public sector, so it doesn't really financially affect them, I suppose. It does still affect people anyway. Uh, loads and loads of people texting in. So far, the overwhelming majority of people are against the idea of another lockdown. Uh, Jamie, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Jamie? Hi, Niall. How are you doing today? Nice to talk to you. How are you keeping? All right? You having good. a good day? Good. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right, you, are, you, you own your own gym. And I, mind you, it was tough. You were kind of one of the last ones to open back up again, like the cinemas and everything else. So how's business and how's it been trying to be COVID friendly? Um, 
Um, well, like we had to adapt our business completely to suit, um, I suppose, all the new regulations. And we're working on 50% capacity because obviously the we're in pods of six within our, our gym. And it's managing and it's working really well. And we're very lucky that we've got some really loyal, good people who are coming to us. Okay. Um, but it has been very, very And good. how does it work, by the way? Is there screens in between each machine? or Because I imagine no, a gym is where no. people are sweating and, you know. It, it is. But what we've done is we have uh, done it out in pods effectively. So when you come in, I take your temperature at the desk. I sign you in and uh, then I assign you a number and you go to that number on your floor where all your equipment is there for you. Everything is cleaned before and after uh, your work. And what's, what's the temperature, by the way, that's a, a kind of, you know, you're sent back home again? At what temperature would you be sent back home? Under, uh, well, it's, it's like 37 and a half is like the normal. So anything under that is fine. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and as long as you're not too much over that, you're okay as well, I imagine. Because well, temperature can fluctuate like a little bit, can't it? Yeah. If somebody's getting out of their mother's hot car, and if the young lads who come in and they're in their training gear, then sometimes they might be like a degree, or like as in 37.6. Yeah, of course, Within yeah. 60 seconds, they're cooled back down again. All right, so this, I mean, obviously the, the lockdown was difficult. It's difficult enough to make money nowadays anyway, but the lockdown, of course, made it more difficult, and your 50% restrictions are obviously really curtailing your business. How would another lockdown affect you now if it was, say, for four weeks? It's like, it, I don't even know what to say, because it's just, it, it would completely and utterly devastate our business. Um, as I said, like we are, we're working on 50% capacity. We are, uh, we had eight staff before this. Uh, we've re-employed people. Then we've had to let people go again, then re-employ them again. Because if this, this is awfully, as, this or awfully has already been put into a lockdown, you know, and we were closed for two yeah. weeks. Yeah. Um, so it would, it would just completely and utterly destroy us instead of sack. And whether or not we could open, I don't know the answer to that, but like, it's myself and my partner who run the gym, and it would like all our. Could you see? Could you? Could yeah? Could you see you losing your business altogether? I I don't know if we will lose it altogether because we like believe in it and you're passionate about it, of course, and we're yeah. passionate about it, and we will do absolutely everything in our power to keep it going. But like the supports aren't really there in that. Like say the last lockdown, the Oxley lockdown, um, my we paused, you know, our gym membership. And we had no income for two weeks. I applied mm. for the COVID payment. And do you get many people looking for refunds and stuff like that, Jess? What do you do? Um, you don't really, as in, okay. you know... You, people you understand, yeah, they have an understanding. It. We yeah. pause it and then they can use it when they're open. But, like, when we did apply for the COVID payment the second time, myself and my partner were both declined and told, no, you, you're not getting it because you Why? haven't paid PRSI in two years which is absolute, uh, I won't use the word I want to Okay, use. okay. But like all our business goes through revenue. I know, but I mean, here was the thing. When they when they changed the subsidy recommendations there at the end of September, they brought in this rule that you had to be, you know, tax compliant. Now, the majority of businesses would be struggling for the last year and they're probably not tax compliant because they owe money. Uh, they might have warehoused a few quid as well to the revenue. So you're not going to get a, a certificate for the revenue. But we are. We are very much tax compliant. Everything okay. we do is completely... Well, then, lucky you. We don't even <laughs> take cash. But, yes, yeah. so lucky us. But then it didn't, we didn't get the benefit, I suppose. Okay, okay, okay. So it's all... It's, well, it's look, all I, I, I wish you luck, and I, and I hope it doesn't happen again for the sake of all the businesses in the country because I think, you know, it's okay for public sector workers who are guaranteed a job, guaranteed their finances, and guaranteed a future. But for those in the private sector, this is going to decimate them, of course, if this I happens so. again. And, and I suppose, okay. like, to just 
I, like if the public sector workers and the government employees and the employees of RTE and if everybody was earning the, the same amount, be, be it three fifty a week, I don't think that this. No, these decisions. I said that already this morning. I don't think these decisions will be made, Jamie. Listen, Jamie, thank you very much indeed. And Rita, I want to go to you finally before the news if I can. Uh, hi, Niall. Hi, How Rita. Are you? How are you? Great. First time Listen, on the radio, I, I believe, yeah, by the way. First time, a great fan. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Just like talking but, to your best friend. That's okay. No, my point really is that um, I'm minimum wage uh, earner who was... Um, Unemployed from March. I've been unemployed from March. My um, employers um, are reduced um, work, have u- reduced work, so I haven't yeah. got back to work yet. Okay. And recently, my pandemic payment has been reduced by 50 euros. Okay. I'm not a virus denier. I'm not anyone who's sort of wacky or whatever. I re- recognise seriousness. But I do believe that at this stage now, if they cut, if they shut down everything again like they did before. We're doomed. An awful lot of people, including me, might never get my job back. I have bills to pay like anyone else. I am terrified. I've been mm. terrified right through. I've been fully compliant. I am not. I'm from the So you've, you've obeyed all the rules, your old school. I've obeyed all the yeah. rules. I even went, you know, at Christmas, people were sneaking across. To, to, there was that stuff going on, sneaking yeah. across to, to grandchildren and everything. I went out early, 7 o'clock in the morning on Christmas morning to drop um, gifts at the door before they were awake yeah. this morning. So I've been really very compliant, but I really believe there has to be better way than this. And I really hope the government take a measured approach here. I really, really do. Okay. And do you think that so far the, the approach has been measured or do you believe it's disproportionate? Well, I think at the beginning it was measured. I agreed with this. I was very compliant. I didn't like doing all I did. I missed my, my family mm-hmm. and my, you know, my, of course, and yeah. like everyone else. Oh, you miss your social life, yeah. And yeah. I recognise that opening up is going to be far more difficult than locking down. So I wasn't one who was sort of hatcheting the government, for, uh, you know, with this and that and the other. But I do think that they, they are being selective. They're being very, very selective about where it's been spread, what has been, there's a lot of rumour, there's a lot of everything, people are being blamed. And I think there is a kind of a laid-back attitude to the government about allowing people to be at each other's throats and blame and everything else. Yeah, they're turning people against each other. Right? We saw that last week with the students. Rita, I've run out of time and I yeah. have to go to okay. news, but it's been lovely, it's lovely talking to you. Talk All right. You and okay. good luck in the future. All right. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.